When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast. I'm John Norman and between now and the tour of the West Indies, which you can hear exclusively live on TalkSport 2, I will be bringing you a weekly cricket roundup alongside the former England spinner Gareth Batty. And it's the West Indies where we will start. Broadcaster David Brook joins us to talk about the big changes in store for Caribbean cricket. It's a critical time for West Indies in this next period with the hosting England and then the World Cup. And the stories I'm hearing are that there's an imminent appointment of a head coach and it's not one that's going to please West Indies supporters. We will cross to Perth where the Aussies have closed out victory against India to level the series one apiece with two to play. But was this a test where cracks started to appear in Virat Kohli? There are too many things happening. You know, it's too dependent on Virat Kohli, the batsman. Virat Kohli, the captain, is making too many rash decisions and the team is not able to cope up with those decisions. Indian broadcaster Chaitan Narilla joins us later. We will also reflect on a stunning test match in Wellington and we will play six and out. You're listening to Following On. Gareth, how are you doing, mate? You well? Very good, sir. Yourself? Yeah, good, matey. Good. Uh, been down under in New Zealand for a couple of weeks, which has been very pleasant. Um, very, very hot, uh, humid, and uh, it's been quite nice being in the same time zone as uh, as Australia, really. Watching a, it's been a, a fabulous couple of test matches. And, you know, it's a bit curious. So much is said about the MCG, the Boxing Day test. But more often than not, when it rolls round to that time of the year, the series is already done and dusted. So uh, I think the Aussie paying public are going to be turning up on the 26th of December with that series against India. One all, um, a villain in the uh, in the piece, the pantomime villain Virat Kohli. Um, it's uh, it's going to be absolutely exceptional. So uh, very much looking forward to that. Uh, plenty of cricket in New Zealand as well, which is great. Sri Lanka, who we uh, saw a lot of a couple of months ago uh, in town. 
Um, Angelo Matthews and Kusul Mendis going through an entire day's play without losing a wicket. Um, and then over in South Africa, there's uh, Pakistan taking on the, the, the Saffirs. Neil Manthorpe's going to be there. So, yeah, plenty. I love this time of year. Uh, plenty of cricket on the TV. Um, and I suppose back home in England, where it's getting dark at about half past three, uh, it's, uh, it's a, a very different tale. Uh, my brother tells me freezing rain while he was watching Fulham lose against West Ham on Saturday. Can you, uh, can you agree? Just how cold is it back there? Yeah, Saturday was a pretty cold day. Uh, freezing rain might be a bit of an over-exaggeration. I think prob- probably that's a reflection on how Fulham played. Uh, but uh, <laughs> look, it's, it's a bit warmer today. It's a bit better, but it's a brilliant time of year if, you, if you're lucky enough to, to have all the, uh, the different uh, communications around the world and you can, your little one wakes up in the middle of the night and you can sl- uh, sneak on the TV and... Uh, and see what's going on around the world of cricket. There's been some wonderful cricket played. It's uh, an amazing series panning out India, Australia. That's going to be one heck of a final two tests. And brilliant to see Sri Lanka with a bit of fight back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's it been like getting back to training after two weeks of your 1830 holiday in Sri Lanka? Um, has a gaffer pulled you up? Have you failed any bleep tests? <laughs> I've not, I've not failed as yet, but uh, I think my body might be failing. Uh, I managed to do um, quite a bit of uh, running and, and physical jerks with uh, Neil Manthorpe whilst we were over there in Sri Lanka. But uh, whew, there's nothing quite like uh, the suicide baseline stuff, the Coach Carter stuff <laughs> that you do inside this time of year to uh, to get the heart pounding and uh, and everything just feeling a little bit worse for wear. But uh, no, back into it now. Back, back into the swing of things two weeks in so uh, no good as gold at the minute brilliant stuff well look um, we will be reunited uh, myself uh, and Gareth Batty in the West Indies because of course that series coming up uh, in uh, less than a month you'll be out there for the ODI leg of the tour very much looking forward to that as is our next guest no doubt Um, top uh, broadcaster who does spend a lot of time in Barbados but uh, currently uh, in the UK it's David Brooke and pleased to say he joins us on the show now Uh, David uh, I hope you're wintering well bunkering down no doubt uh, in England but um, yeah let's talk a little bit about the West Indies because of course they're in action at the moment against Bangladesh it's not gone particularly well um, although they did beat uh, Bangladesh in the first T20 but uh, you know where where do we find ourselves um, less than a month or so before uh, England tour there? I remember seeing you at the Oval shortly after that uh, test win at Headingley uh, when we saw Evan Lewis get 170 odd in the ODI, and everything looked bright on the West Indies front. Uh, it's gone sadly downhill since then. Uh, just lost the head, you know, lost the head coach Stuart Law, and uh, interim coach uh, Nick Potas has just given an interview saying that you know he's really had to struggle uh, with selection and the lack of the senior players. And um, it, you know, it's a critical time for West Indies in this next period with uh, hosting England and then the World Cup. And the stories I'm uh, hearing are that. There's an imminent appointment of uh, a head coach, and it's not one that's going to please West Indies supporters. Do, do you have any names for us there, David, on on who possibly could come in? Yeah, um, all the stories I'm hearing are suggesting the return of a certain Richard Pybus, uh, who was um, high perform. He was brought back in uh, controversially by uh, President uh, Dave Cameron uh, in 2018 as the high performance director. He'd previously served as director of cricket. Uh, in 2016, and it was not a happy period. Uh, Richard Pybus had a controversial tenure as uh, director of cricket. Um, he took two uh, decisions which had, I believe, uh, very deleterious 
impact on West Indies cricket. For a start, he shut down the High Performance Centre, the Cave Hill campus at University of West Indies, a High Performance Centre that had produced the likes of Jason Holder, Shai Hope, uh, Craig Brathwaite, Shannon Gabriel. Um, he closed that down um, and moved it from the University of West Indies and centralised it with uh, the rest of the West Indies Cricket Board in Antigua. Uh, and then he kicked the student team, combined colleges and campuses, out of first-class cricket. So what he's done is he's actually um, destroyed the pathway uh, that was working for West Indies cricket. Uh, it was actually a vision laid down by the great Sir Frank Worrell that cricketing education was the way forward for West Indies cricket, that cricketers should um, be uh, educated in all aspects of cricket. These guys... Jason Holder, they've all got degrees in cricket studies from the University of West Indies. So relocating it next to a gym and sort of doing the Loughborough high-performance elite thing um, hasn't gone down well. And to, so to, to bring him back in as head coach, uh, is, it, uh, he left in controversial circumstances. There, were no, uh, there, was no, uh, uh, sort of, there was plenty of celebrations when he cleared his desk. Um, but to see him coming back, if that's true, and I understand it's a recommendation that's been made by the president, David Cameron, to the board and seeing that he's the chairman, seeing that he's the president of the West Indies Cricket Board, that's likely to go through. What about the uh, the players? Because um, you, you can imagine that there might be a, a fair amount of disgruntlement from some of the more high-profile players in and around the West Indies side if uh, that uh, proves to be the case. Well, indeed, there was a lot of support for Darren Bravo in that particular dispute. If you remember, back in 2016, Darren Bravo was... Uh, uh, in, involved in a, a dispute with the board, um, Cameron and Pybus um, demoted him from a, uh, a B contract to a C contract uh, and, and said that his average had been falling in test cricket and he needed to be motivated. Now, Darren Bravo was the mainstay of that West Indies test match team. To demotivate him when there's a real shortage of quality in that middle order um, was a disastrous cricketing decision. And what made it worse was the letter that was written to Rich, by Richard Pybus to Darren Bravo, which was, well, the tone was completely inappropriate. Can you imagine Alex Stewart writing to a Surrey player in that way, or Ashley Giles or Andrew Strauss dealing with an England player? It was just condescending, and to have him brought in, I understand that the rumour, you know, that the word is out amongst the West Indies players, and they cannot believe it if it's true. Um, and what about the players then, David? I mean, when England uh, played that first test in Barbados, I mean, Darren Bravo hasn't played a test match in the best part of three years. Um, we've uh, seen Hetmeyer come into the side since uh, West Indies were last in England. Shay Hope hasn't really scored too many runs. Um, it, it doesn't look, I suppose, on the face of it, that uh, England are going to lose too much sleep about the batting line-up. The bowling, though, uh, still looks uh, like it's got something. Shannon Gabriel, Kimar Roach. Um, how do you assess West Indies' chances in that Test series? Well, West Indies have been written off uh, plenty of times before. If you remember Colin Graves' comments before the last tour of West Indies, where he described West Indies as mediocre in a series that England uh, ended up not winning. Uh, they drew that series. And, um, you know, you say the batting hasn't been firing and Shy Hope, but Shy Hope's just come off the back of two ODI centuries. Um, against Bangladesh, so he's returned to form. Uh, Shimon Hetmeyer, yeah, a very exciting player from Guyana, left-handed batsman, uh, often bats in a sun hat and plays his, uh, plays fantastic Caribbean-style cricket. He uh, he had a very good Test series against Bangladesh. So um, there's a couple of promising uh, prom uh, couple of promising points there. Jason Holder as captain 
uh, was missing from the Bangladesh um, uh, series because of injury. And he is a pivotal leader. As a leader, he's been superb. He's held the team together through very difficult circumstances. If you remember Darren Sammy's valedictory speech he gave when West Indies won the T20 World Cup, saying that the board had not been supportive and the president hadn't even visited them in the, in the changing room. Now, um, Darren Sammy hasn't played since. <laughs> um, Darren Bravo um, has been banished. Kyron Pollard's been banished. You know, they get into these disputes um, with senior players. And the problem, I think, is a selection one. They've got themselves into a real pickle, particularly in, in ODI cricket, where they just had to, if you remember, had to qualify for the World Cup and got through by the skin of their teeth. Um, and the selection is too many youngsters coming in at the same time. And whenever a team talks about a youth policy, I mean, Gareth, you, you, you all know about this. It's, cricket is a team game and it needs a mixture of experience and youth. You can't just throw people in from first-class cricket, which is not of a very high standard at the moment, played on substandard pitches in the Caribbean. You can't just throw these guys into international cricket and expect them to do their learning without the experienced players to guide them. Yeah, it's a great point, David. It's actually the experienced players that take the pressure off the younger players because they step up to the plate to allow the young players to to flourish and develop. Um, I actually had a conversation with Alfonso Thomas uh, last winter in Dubai, and he was talking about the qualifications that the West Indies went through, and they were saying that, well, Stuart Law was saying that they would be sticking with this group of players. Some of the big names that hadn't wanted to be involved in that wouldn't be part of their World Cup squad moving forward. Is that still going to be the case, do you think? Well, um, despite despite the efforts of Johnny Grave, who you will know well, he's the chief executive of Cricket West Indies now, or Cricket Windies, former uh, PCA uh, head. You know, he's negotiated an amnesty uh, with certain players, but yet the qualification criteria still hasn't changed. Uh, The West Indies Cricket Board are still insisting that players play in the respective domestic tournament. And the problem with that is that you know, they can earn so much more playing uh, in the T20 leagues, and there's no guarantee they will be selected. So you've got the likes of, da- of Dwayne Bravo, who made himself available, didn't play in a T20 tournament, and then wasn't picked. So there's no guarantees, and there's no trust between the senior players and the board, despite the best efforts of Johnny Grave and Jimmy Adams is in the mix as well. Uh, Piper's coming back into that mix is potentially toxic. And he's going to inflame relations between the West Indies cricket, cricket Board and the respective heads of government. Because uh, the, the, gov- the government's getting interested. CARICOM leaders are getting interested because, if you can imagine, there's no governance, there's no process, there's no shortlist for any of these appointments. And uh, Cricket West Indies, who is it for? Is it for the supporters? You know, what is the governing body there for? Is it a private company aimed at, um, you know, providing a good living for uh, administrators? Or is it there to serve the best interests of West Indies cricket? And at the moment, I'm afraid the lights of Dave Cameron and uh, if it is Richard Pybus coming back in, don't seem to have the best interests of West Indies cricket at heart. There's been some good decisions along the way. There's been some one or two appointments, but this is an attempt by the president, I think, to, to sort of get control of the cricket. It's like Colin Grave or Tom Harrison uh, saying that we want to run the cricket now um, uh, as well um, because uh, there's a fellow in Pybus who is, you know, he, he's one of these. I mean, you've probably dealt with him, Gareth. Uh, uh, he's had some success at domestic level in South Africa. If you're trying to tell me he is the best coach in world cricket at the moment, I'm sorry, I, I, don't, I can't buy that. <laughs> You're not his biggest fan then, David. That's that's fair enough. Um, I, I suppose 
the West Indies cricket, do they actually need a good coach at the, at the minute? They need a good man-manager. They need to bring all the islands together because we're on the verge. And, and basically, England's next series is pre-World Cup. That's where they have to get all this right so that then they come into the English summer and the World Cup ready and firing to challenge for that trophy. That's right. I mean, the stories I'm hearing is that Pybus is going to be point, appointed as an interim head coach. Well, we've already got one. And that's been Nick Potas, you know, late of Hampshire. He was the fielding coach who was elevated to interim coach after Stuart Law resigned to take up a position uh, with Middlesex. I spoke to Stuart Law at the time. He had no knowledge of the return of Ibis as a high-performance director. He wasn't informed of that. So um, he didn't know anything about that. So, you know, it's not going to help relations with the players. Absolutely right, Gareth. They need man management, motivation. They need a bit of TLC. You can't treat all players uh, like uh, the specs on the end of your shoe you know it, it doesn't work and I, I, have you ever played in the team with that um, kind of direction coming from above Gareth yeah I, I think most people who've, who've been around any sport for a period of time whether it be club level or, or professional level um, it's the, the guys that come in and it's the do as I say and, and do it my way generally, particularly modern day, and not the guys that get the best out of people. It's, uh, it's having a vision, um, but also selling that vision to the players because ultimately they're the ones that go out on the field. Uh, so if they don't have the skill sets or don't buy into your vision, it's pointless, uh, it's pointless even starting the process. I mean, Dave Cameron's last public pronouncement was last week. Uh, when he addressed a, a gathering in Barbados, and he blamed West Indies ills firmly on the players. Lack of loyalty, uh, bad attitude, lack of fitness. Now, um, is, that the, is that the president's job to say that, and is that constructive? Is that going to motivate the players? Or are we, I mean, Darren Sammy had to motivate his team to win that T20 World Cup in spite of the board and in spite of what was being said in the media. Um, but going back to Johnny's question, right off West Indies at your peril on their own territory, they will give England a good, a good, a good series. And it, I'm sure there will be moments in it where West Indies can put together a good performance. The ODIs, I'm very much less confident about. And I think that um, if they get rolled over by England in those ODIs before the World Cup, I mean, Nick Potas gave an interview to QuickBuzz, the Indian website, uh, yesterday in which he said that there's, they've got no idea what their ODI side is. They've got no idea what their best team is. Um, they, they sent out Bangladesh with no opening batsmen. Um, so, and they just said, who wants to open? You know, it was just like uh, the day before the game, who wants to open? There was no opening batsman in the squad. Uh, Chris Gale uh, is rumoured to be going to kind of come back into the World Cup team. You know, he, even his closest admirers would say that he's past his best and a slight liability in running between the wickets. Uh, so I don't think he'll figure in the England series, but uh, he's likely to figure in the World Cup. David, that has been absolutely brilliant. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, it's also a story that's set to run, and uh, in the fairness um, of neutrality, I suppose uh, we should probably uh, take the uh, the West Indies viewpoint, maybe in a, a show either next week or the week after, uh, the ever-changing world of West Indian administrative uh, side of things. It's, uh, it's almost more interesting or more competitive than what we've seen on the field at times. But I really appreciate your time. Have a good Christmas, um, and if the West Indy series is uh, half as entertaining as uh, David Brooke uh, then we're going to be in for a, a great time when we're in the Caribbean Gareth have a great Christmas David it is it's going to be some uh, some series it always is in the Caribbean 
England always have lots of travelling support. Well, we're lucky wherever we go in the world. Great support, but uh, what a place to be doing it in the Caribbean. People uh, enjoying the uh, the razzmatazz that you see around the grounds, but also the cricket is never boring there. No, it certainly isn't. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Well, from the Caribbean to Australia and uh, a terrific test match, a terrific test series, actually. Uh, one apiece with two to play. Um, all eyes on Melbourne, I suppose, after Australia closed out the victory in the end, beating uh, beating India relatively comfortably on day five at the new Perth Stadium. I'm pleased to say Indian broadcaster and friend of TalkSport and TalkSport2 joins myself and Gareth Batty on following on. Uh, Chaitan Narilla. Um, Chaitan uh, Let's talk about Virat Kohli because it's uh, it's a little bit of the touch of the uh, Jose Mourinho's about him at times. I was listening to SEN's uh, coverage of um, the uh, the second Test match, and I was a little bit surprised actually. It's been brilliant coverage, but when Virat Kohli was dismissed by Nathan Lyon in that second Test match, the commentator, and I'm not sure exactly who it was, said as Virat Kohli walked off the field, "Let's listen to see whether the Perth crowd give Virat Kohli the reception he deserves." And by that, he meant uh, let's hope they give him. Well, they, they put the boot in, really. Has uh, Viracoli, who's turned out to be a bit of a pantomime villain in this series, has it been justified, do you think? Do you think his behaviour has, has warranted um, so much negativity in the press? Or is this just the same old Aussie tactics of uh, rubbishing the opponents and getting on their backs? Well, two weeks ago, he was the darling of media here because, um, you know, they don't have Steve Smith. They don't have David Warner, two of the finest 
batsmen in Australian cricket um, some time back. So they, they had to move or basically concentrate or move into Virat Kohli's camp. And they did. All the talk leading to this test series was about Virat Kohli, Virat Kohli this, Virat Kohli that. It's interesting how things have uh, have turned a bit. I'll say that the Australian media still hasn't turned on Virat Kohli like they have perhaps done to travelling or visiting captains in the past. But perhaps the Australian cricket team and the Australian public have turned on him. And, well, I'll be very honest, you know, it all looks very good when he's batting, when he's scoring runs. He's an absolute masterclass to watch, especially on this Perth wicket, you know. There are not many batsmen in world cricket who could who can bat like the way he did. But then he goes on and he does that talking celebration that, you know, his bat is doing the talking. Hello, mate, you are talking a lot as well. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, in that sense, I think um, there have been plenty of boos. There were boos in Adelaide as well after the first innings when he walked out to bat mm. in the second innings. And, and, you know, there's no surprising that there were a few boos when he walked off uh, in the second innings here in Perth as well. Was it because of the, the catch? Is that what started it off? He was dismissed, wasn't he? Uh, Hanscom took a catch. Uh, he, and I think this is part, part of it because, for me, he is... Obviously, a, a batsman who operates on his own plane at times. But, you know, that was a crucial moment in the game. And he walked off when he showed his frustration at the dismissal. Um, and by acting like that, that sends a message to the dressing room, surely, um, that he feels that India are well behind the game. He, he, he was uh, exposed the tail to the Australian quicks. It, it just belied... Um, a problem within the actual camp itself. If he'd walked off in control, then maybe India would have added a few more runs towards the back end of their innings and they wouldn't have had the deficit that they faced uh, on second innings. Uh, is, there a, is there a separation? Is, there's, a, there's a clip on social media of Tim Payne talking to Murali Vijay saying, he's a great batsman, isn't he, your captain? But be honest, you don't like him, do you? Have the Aussies cottoned on to something there? Is there a separation, do you think, between Kohli, the captain, and the Indian cricket team? Well, first of all, I'll come to the catch. I think uh, once the soft signal came, it was out. There was, you know, we have seen this time and again with these sort of dismissals. There's not enough technology, despite everything. There's not enough technology to judge 3D, three-dimensional catches on the field, you know, in these sort of situations. And if the empire says, you know, it's it's out then there is really not much evidence to to overturn the decision. He walked off, perhaps in a bit of disbelief, that the soft signal was out. And that's that's the message that is coming out of the Indian camp, that they were surprised with the soft signal, not so much as to the fact that the TV umpire didn't, you know, didn't, didn't uh, say it was not out. They were surprised at the soft signal given on the field. Um it was a turning point, yes. And as we've seen with uh, Virat Kohli when he's century plus and we saw in Birmingham in the first test, you know, he can really farm the strike with the tail. Yes, he could have perhaps reduced the deficit. It's a long tail. I think the idea was that at the time when he was at the crease and we saw the latter batsman, Rishabh Pant and all, they couldn't do it. So the Indian tail did collapse after that and that, that crucial first innings lead was a contributing factor to why India lost this test match. Now coming to coming to Tim Payne, I think I think he's won internet for 2018, not only 2018, also 2019. 
with that with that jibe. Um, <laughs> is there a disconnect? <laughs> I am not sure. What we do see though is that Virat Kohli, you know, this Indian team with Virat Kohli is more and more in the image of its captain. That it's always been the cliched bit about cricket. You know, every team is in the image of its captain and. I think it's never been more relevant in Indian cricket than at present because there are too many things happening. You know, it's too dependent on Virat Kohli, the batsman. Virat Kohli, the captain, is making too many rash decisions and the team is not able to cope up with those decisions. Are they personally on different planes? You know, is he liked? Is he not liked? I think it's a very, very close-knit team or at least it operates like that. In, in front of everybody and 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 is uh, you know keeps everything any discussions or any 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 disagreements behind closed doors of the dressing room so i'm not be i won't be able to comment if uh, if they are not on the same plane as as people but definitely as a team i think they are together but it's just not working out with the balance i think the balance between virat kohli the captain and virat kohli the batsman needs to be a little more 50-50 or need, need to be a little more, uh, you know, more balanced, in fact, for this Indian team to start showing some results. Otherwise, it's going to continue in the same way. Jason, would it would it actually be um, the issue that one man has got just far too much power in the biggest cricketing nation in, in the world, in uh, Virat Kohli? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that that is turning out to be the case now because... Let, let's not even think what's happened in the past. Let's not even think of what's happened with Anil Kumble. Let's not think about what's happened in South Africa with Ajinkya Rahane. Let's not think about what's happened with Chiteshwar Pujara in England. Let's just talk about this test match. Yes, you're picking four pace bowlers. It's a green deck. At what point do you decide that three bowlers or three fast bowlers are not enough? And then when you do decide that and you still pick up fourth fast bowler, at what point do you think that my tail become begins at number eight and maybe I need a little bit of batting and even then you leave out a spinner or you leave you leave out an all-rounder like Bhuvneshwar Kumar. So at what point these questions go out of the domain of the skipper? With so many decisions that we've seen this year, and like I said, it's hurt Indian cricket. They had a fascinating chance to win series in South Africa, in England, and so many faults in team selection just simply blew those chances away. Chetan, thanks so much, mate. OK, Gareth, well, um, we are running against time. So uh, let's zip through some of the uh, topics that we couldn't really give full in-depth exposure to with uh, six and out. Right, John, talk us through New Zealand, Sri Lanka. OK, so New Zealand versus Sri Lanka is the first test of two. Uh, Tom Latham, New Zealand opener, became the first Kiwi since uh, 1972 to carry his bat in a test. And it's the highest score ever scored by a bloke doing that, beating Alistair Cook's record last year. He scored 264 not outs um, and he's been on the field for all four days of the test match. And it's still going um, because, incredibly, after we watched them bat for two months in Sri Lanka, 
Wawrinka, somehow Kusul Mendes and Angelo Matthews, despite coming together when the score's 13 for three, well, they're still there at the end of day four, 259 for three, just 37 runs behind New Zealand and bad weather forecast for day five, centuries for both batsmen. Uh, so it looks like somehow Sri Lanka, away from home in the first test match, are going to get away with a draw in a match that uh, most pundits, certainly in this country, had New Zealand winning um, uh, from about uh, the middle of the first session on day one. Um, OK, uh, Gareth, uh, tell me a little bit about what it's like to play against Virat Kohli. Right, Virat Kohli, wow, where do we start? Um, well, he's, uh, he's the best player in the world for a start. So straight away, as he's walking out to the crease, you know you've got a challenge on your hands. Um, from an off-spinner point of view, he's very leg-side dominant. Another challenge, because as an off-spinner, you're turning it into his pads. Um, he rotates the strike incredibly well. So by that, I mean he gets his partner on strike, he pushes the fielders, he's looking for singles and, and trying to expand that into a two. And he's probably the most consistent player when he gets past 30 in the world to get big scores. So you know you've got to get him early or else you're in for a heck of a fight. Moving on to fighting, he does like a contest. You know he's going to be up and in your face. He's not shy of the verbals and everything else that comes with the game. He's got pretty much the whole country willing him on to do well. So let's put it quite frankly, a man with my ability never stood a chance against the great Virat Kohli. <laughs> John, talk to me about Ashka Giles. Okay, so I'm going to speak a bit slower. Because <laughs> during their New Zealand Sri Lanka, I was starting to run out. Um, so Ashley Giles has been named Managing Director of England Men's Cricket. He takes over from Andrew Strauss, who had to step down from the role earlier this year. Um, it means Giles is going to have to give his job at Warwickshire, where he was in a weird-sounding title, Sports Director. I'm not sure what that's about. Um, so his responsibilities at England, uh, well, basically about getting England's men's cricket team to the top of the rankings uh, and also improving or making sure that the pathways to the top flight um, are, uh, are set in stone. Um, so Giles as a player, of course, as an Ashes winner, part of the 2005 uh, Greatest Series, played for Warwickshire for 13 years, retired in 2007, was actually uh, in charge of the ODI squad, of course, for England before uh, they got rid of him after I think England lost to the Netherlands in uh, typical farcical circumstances at a World T20. Uh, he was also at Lancashire, as a, as a coach uh, and in his first series or well, season he won the blast um, and that's about it for Ashley Giles as England's uh, managing director but Gareth give us 60 seconds on what Ashley Giles was like as a player well as a player um, he was pretty much Mr Dependable um, he would get you some runs batting at eight uh, it was a big uh, sort of talking point in the middle and latter part of his career should Monty Panasar be playing but Duncan Fletcher liked the fact that Gilo was very very consistent he would get us some runs batting at 8 sometimes 9 depending on the balance of the team turning our attention to his left arm spin in the subcontinent he was very very good um, I think it was uh, around 2001 I think he sort of started putting himself on the map with a 4 for 11 in Sri Lanka England getting over the line in that series that Darren Goff cleaned up with the ball uh, to get us a series win the first time ever I believe that was uh, so he was no, <laughs> no mean uh, no mean 
bowler uh, as a left armer. He was known for actually coming over the wicket, which uh, was to a lot of uh, people's disgruntlement. But um, he was actually very successful, and he was the he was the the man that brought down the great uh, Tendulkar at times in India. So um, Asher Dow's very dependable. Pwah, that took some doing, John. And and let's uh, let's hear about Bangladesh West Indies. <laughs> I think we're going to have to cut down the timer from 60 seconds. Um, Bangladesh against West Indies. You can see I'm already uh, padding it out before even talking about uh, the uh, the series that's taking place. And absolutely nobody is watching in England, I'm sure. Uh, probably not watching the West Indies either. Um, so they were smashed in the first two tests against Bangladesh West Indies. They lost in the ODIs at 2-1, but they have won the first of the T20s. Shy Hope, who we spoke to earlier in the show with uh, David Brook, they talked about the ODI centuries. Uh, well, he smashed a f- 16 ball 50 in the first T20. Um, as uh, West Indies beat Bangladesh by uh, quite quite a distance, uh, won it by eight wickets with 55 balls remaining. Uh, after Bangladesh were bowled out for 129, Hope though wasn't even man of the match somehow. Uh, Sheldon Cottrell he took four wickets uh, with only Shakib Hassan scoring more than 17 for Bangladesh. He hit 61, um, but yeah overshadowed really by hope and uh, the second and third T20s are on the 21st and 23rd of December okay lastly mate um, tell us about how Surrey's pre-season training is going and how uh, January is going to be looking for you and the boys Right, well, luckily, um, the first few weeks I was in Sri Lanka, so I missed that. I was very uh, very grateful to Alex Stewart allowing me to be in Sri Lanka with the TalkSpot 2 team. Um, but since getting back, um, we're back into the gym. That's uh, three days a week, um, minimal. And then uh, we're sort of three days a week running uh, with Sundays off, the day of rest. Um, but the running involves a bit of bit of everything. There's some outdoor running where we're running half laps of the, of the outfield, um, a bit of a timing on that you've got to do it in 20 seconds so you're about at 80% then on a Wednesday we do this thing called MAS and I know you're going to ask me what that stands for and I don't know but long and short of it it's suicide you're running stump line to stump line <laughs> as many times as you can um, over a long period of time you basically do 100 shuttles uh, in what feels like hours and hours and hours for an old man that is anyway um, and then on the, on the other day we're doing some speed stuff uh, so it's sort of uh, yeah your, uh, your proper sort of uh, set starts uh, down low and trying to improve our speed uh, and into the turn so uh, it, it transfers into cricket skills, but uh, very tiring. Mate, well done. Take a, take a, uh, take a breather. Uh, that's pretty much all we've got time for as well. We've come to the end of the show. Um, it'll be a Christmas special this time next week, uh, so look forward to that. Uh, thanks a lot uh, for joining me this week, mate. Pleasure, pal. Uh, that's Gareth Batty I'm John Norman that's uh, pretty much all we've got time for on this week's following on as I mentioned next week's show will be a Christmas special Uh, Gareth and I will look back at 2018 as a whole discuss where it went right where it went wrong for England uh, and joined by a couple of top guests as well Uh, this has been following on to never miss an episode be sure to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app see you next week The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. 
Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.